Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Hello everyone, welcome back to the SE Report podcast again um, this Wednesday night. Only four weeks of the season to go and the head-to-head finals start this week, so it's a very exciting time in the Supercoach world. Uh, myself, Nick here, and another rotating special guest this week from the Daily Telegraph, uh, mini-celebrity in the Supercoach world, Trent Copeland. Mate, how are you? <laughs> I don't know about mini-celebrity, but I'll take it. Uh, Sorry, and major, I'm going wrong. major celebrity. Oh no! I was going the other way, uh, hack I would call it. But no, I'm uh, I'm going very well, mate. And I've timed my run beautifully to come back on the podcast after an average start of the year. Some would say uh, I've been copying it from all angles, but uh, coming home with a wet sail. So yeah, lots to talk about. Yeah, well, that's exactly what I was going to say. You're by no means a super coach hack. Uh, over the last month or so, mate, you would be close to the number one ranked supercoach over the last month, I reckon. You've, you're, you're in the top thousand now. Where were you about four weeks ago? Uh, I mean, it was a long way back. Uh, there was, I was outside 40,000 there halfway through the year. I mean, I write a captaincy article every week for the, the Daily <laughs> Telly and, uh, no doubt, all you know, eighty percent of them are, are great options. But I happened to pick the wrong one every week for the first seven or eight weeks, and it was a long way back. But yeah, it's it's come down uh, rapidly the last couple of weeks, and I've made some money trades. I trading Kurt Mann out for Latrell three weeks ago, and we all know how that's worked out. And Nathan Cleary in two weeks ago, and then Tyrone Peachy in last week. So long may it continue. Beautiful, mate. <laughs> That is excellent. A 13.49 for you on the weekend and up to 9.43 overall. Um, 11.90 for myself and I've dropped outside the top 1,000 for the first time in about six weeks. I'm 1,010th. I'm three points outside of a key ring at the moment. (laughs) With some big plans this week though? Uh, potentially, potentially. I've only got two trades left, but I'm definitely going to do one of them this week. Uh, like we said at the top, head-to-head finals this week, and I thought it was just interesting in our league. Uh, while you are the second highest point scorer overall, you actually finished 15th on our head-to-head ladder. Yeah, yeah I missed. Uh, I play in probably four or five uh, of the more important leagues, in, and of which one of them is yours. And, yeah, I mean... I'm in one head-to-head finals at this stage. I've only got one trade left because I've been swinging for the fences to try and catch up halfway through. But that was also to try and make head-to-head finals. And I finished between ninth and, yeah, as you say, 15th, 16th in a lot of leagues. And it just goes to show head-to-head players have a big leg up during the year in, in being able to pick the right captain every week. And you know, as it turns out, Damian Cook has been the man. But um, yeah, it can be such a small decision each week that can make such a big difference. 
Yeah, yeah, exactly. You've been very unlucky in our particular league. I mean, over the league rounds, I've scored the most points in 20,245. You've only scored three less points than me, but you've had about 900 more points scored against you by your opponents than I have. So I've obviously had an easy draw, and you've obviously had a far more difficult draw. (laughs) Uh, uh, enough of the sob stories, though. I, I don't want to come across as a whinger. <laughs> no, very good. Um, okay, usual podcast tonight. Injuries, teams, captains, trade talk, start, sit, uh, et cetera, et cetera. We'll get right into it with the teams. Um, mate, not too many changes this week, so I might just rattle them off quickly, uh, and then we'll get your yep, thoughts no at the end. Um, Thursday night game for the Broncos. Boyd's back to fullback. Asako's onto the wing. Pangai being confirmed today uh, from the Courier Mail that he's going to start from the bench, uh, which is good news for the Bronx there. Ponga has been named at fullback for the Knights. Richie Kenner is back for the Rabbitohs with Dewey, um unfortunately doing his ACL. Campbell Gillard is back for the Panthers this week. Clem is back for the Bulldogs. The Eels have got a bit of a reshuffle with Hayne shifting to the wing uh, and a few other bits and pieces moving around there. Paul Vaughan's obviously out for the Dragons for four weeks, it looks like. And Corey Thompson for the Tigers. His season is over with MWZ back into the side there. Uh, and Fanua sniffing around on an extended bench for the Tigers. But supercoach-wise, um, aside from Paul Vaughan, who a few people have got, not really too much doing this week, was there? No, there's not. But I, what I will say is, if you're not in head-to-head finals or you're not having a crack for overall and maybe your season is uh, over in Supercoach terms, uh, this is the time where someone like Jalen Salmon and you know numerous others will pop out and make their debuts, uh, make an impact on the end of a season. But by the time we start picking teams again next season, everyone's forgotten about it. Uh, so this is the time when real nuffies like myself – uh, and no doubt a lot of you guys on the Supercoach Talk podcast site and, you know, everyone is watching now to find the little nuggets that we can unearth for next season. So have a look at the Young Eels uh, half this week. Have a look at anyone else who manages to make a debut over the coming weeks because whilst there's not much going on in terms of teams uh, and everyone's got, you know, 20 to 23 guns uh, that they're picking from each week, there is a lot there that we can take. Uh, in terms of next season. Yeah, definitely. The Knights have got uh, Sualo, who I've never heard of before, but he's debuting on the bench as well. So, like you say, another another one to watch there, prepping for 2019 already, mate. It's never too early, is it? <laughs> it's never too early. <laughs> one, one that I do like seeing their name pop back up is Mahe Fanua. Uh, Mahe the Moulay, as I've been calling him this year, uh, I've been really impressed with him. And I think if he was back to early season form, uh, I think he pops straight back into contention as someone that, you know, if you're flush with trades in a head-to-head finals and you watch him this week, if he was to play, he could be that point of difference that could win someone a league this year. Yeah, definitely. Definitely, I think that's that's a very smart move. You know, maybe give it a week to see him back in action and then jump on because before he got injured, he was absolutely beasting it for the Tigers. That is for sure. Um, yeah, absolutely. Let's keep the momentum going. We're going to go straight into captains and vice-captains this week before 
we do trade talk because a uh, bit of an interesting week this week. Uh, who did, firstly, who did you go last week? Uh, so I decided with Cook playing against Melbourne, I actually didn't think he'd be able to be at his gun like best. Uh, but the, I, I captained Reese Martin on Thursday night, and oh, I was yeah, stoked. That's right. With it. Yep. And and he got 87 in the end. I feel like he was a bit stiff not to get that uh, offload try assist for the BMOS try uh, late in the game. But I I was really happy uh, after Thursday, and you know watching Cook go off. I was at a, actually at a Bucks weekend, so I was really enjoying it. Um, <laughs> it. It was it was great to see, and I think he's solidified that it's matchup proof. He's the real deal. He's arguably the best player in the NRL at the moment. Uh, should be the first picked in the, in the, any Australian side in the future, and I think you know for our sides we've got to consider him a captaincy option pretty much every week, barring you know your VC going berserk. Um, but for the sake of a bit of differential and talking about stuff that I've, I'm looking at writing for the article this week. Uh, I really like Kalen Ponga and Sean Johnson in the fr- first Friday night game, uh, both of which are you know, superstars. We, we don't need to talk about their capabilities, but uh, both match up very well in terms of opposition conceding points to their position. Uh, and then the next game that I really want to focus on is the Panthers v. the Titans game where uh, I've, I'm lucky enough to have Nathan Cleary, uh, Billy Kicks, Billy Kickout, and Tyrone Peachy, who are all really good options for the VC in that first game. Um, because at this stage of the year, I would imagine that everyone's got at least one enough, um, and ideally they're from the Dragons uh, or the Sharks, uh, who play late in the round. Yeah, I think you're bang on there. I'm probably going to give SJ a go. This week, I think yeah. he's been down for a few weeks, uh, but I'm hoping that he can turn it around this week against the Knights. Warriors should hopefully get some confidence out of that tough win against the Dragons last week. So I'm going to yeah. go SJ. I think any of those Panthers guys are good options. Uh, obviously, Cook is probably going to be the most popular selection just after what he's done the last few weeks. And up against the Roosters, um, you know, similar to what we said against the Storm last week, oh, he's got a tough matchup, but... He proved yeah. that he's a, he's an absolute beast. But um, to be a bit different and try and get back into the top thousand, I like that Warriors Knights game, and I definitely like those the Panthers against the Titans as well. Yeah, I love it. What's your just in terms of VCs at this time of year? What's your consideration point for whether you pull the trigger or not? Because we know how much updates have affected things this year, uh, be it first, second, or third updates, um, and when they happen. It can make a big difference. So what what's a number that you would pull the trigger if you've got Sean Johnson sitting there after his game on Friday night? Yeah, it would have to be big. Um, I think, you know, I've got Katoa, Niakore and Tamari Martin on my bench and they, they all scored 28, 36 and 26 last week. So it probably yeah. has to be, for me, it's probably 110, I think. Yeah. Um, I, 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 the reason I bring that up is I, I was... Looking at that last week before the Reese Martin straight captain decision on Thursday night, and I actually thought to myself, who would I leave out of my team for mm. any of these nuffs? And at the moment, I'm leaving guys like there has been Kickout, Arrow. Um, I've still got JT, who's coming good, which is outstanding news. BJ Leilua has scored 200s in the last three weeks that I haven't been able to grasp. Um, so these are the sort of guys who are outside the team already. 
And then you're leaving out, you know, guys like, the, well, who do you leave out? if those are the guys that are outside the squad already. So it would have to be a centre, and then I don't want to be leaving out Latrell or Masters, Tyrone Peachy and the like. So it it gets very difficult if you haven't planned it in advance on when you need to make that decision and what your actual cutoff is, and you don't want to be scrambling and doing it five minutes before the next game kicks off. No, exactly. Exactly. It's a... um yeah, it's a very precise process, and I I haven't used the um <clears throat> the VC loop any any at any time this year aside from the buy rounds. Um, if I was yeah. doing it this week, I'd probably leave Alex Johnston out, I think, and chuck chuck old John Olive in there, um, and chuck the captaincy on him because it's Johnston with the tough matchup against the Roosters. Uh, I would yeah. probably do that. So that's that's probably a good a good point actually. I mean, at the moment, I've got the VC. On Malolo, and I was just going to go straight captain on Johnson on Friday night, but I might actually go VC Johnson. Um, at least I'll get to see that game. I Cook's playing immediately after him, but you know if Johnson's yeah. anything under, or if he if he's anything over sort of a hundred pre-updates, I might do that Johnston out and, and Olive in and lock that in. Yeah, I think, and that's when it becomes, you know, definitely worthy because there's always the potential of an injury. Um, you know, anything can happen with a HIA, as we, we've seen so often this year. So I think that's probably the safe mark, 100 to 110, uh, and then ideally updates are friendly to you after that. But yeah. just talking about captains on top of that, um, there's some really great options this week. Uh, I mean, Cook is the obvious choice. God 2.0 as I've been dubbing him everywhere and every opportunity I can possibly get. <laughs> Reese Martin, I think, against the Seagulls, they've been leaking points, albeit playing better, but still conceding lots of points. Uh, so I think that's a good matchup. Uh, but the other one is Tommy Turbo in that same game. Uh, I think he has flown under the radar uh, the last three weeks and, and started to really find form. Uh, and he just seems to, you know, all these outside backs, when they don't score tries, they sort of get between 25 and 40. When he doesn't score a try, he gets between 50 and 60. And when he gets one, he goes monstrous. So playing home uh, 5.30 on the Saturday against the Bulldogs, I really like that matchup. Yeah, definitely. Bulldogs have been in a bit better form, though, the last couple of weeks. You know, a little bit yep. better. Lachlan Lewis is playing quite well. Um, <clears throat> but, yeah, I don't mind that turbo selection at all. I, I really don't mind Martin either. Yeah, definitely. I think he is, you know, when we used to have, you know, Corey Parker and Paul Gallen playing 80 minutes and churning out points for fun, I think Reese Martin, he's he got 87 last week. He's, I think, 79 the week before. And really, I mean, bar the last minute, ridiculous forward pass where Hopper uh, put him through for a line break, which he didn't end up getting. Uh, he hasn't really looked like getting too many attacking stats the last few weeks, but he's still churning out close to 80 on his flute. So I think uh, he's certainly, alongside Cook, two of the safest options you can possibly go for. Yeah, the one time I captained him was uh, three weeks ago on that Thursday night when he ran <laughs> about 20 decoys and scored 50 points. Yeah. Ah. Uh, well. Oh, that was so. That was the worst. But the worst part is that it. It's the. It's the sole reason why then you don't look at him for the captaincy yeah, exactly. next couple of weeks when everyone else gets on. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh well. Um. Let's do start sit next. So, 
like you were saying earlier with with when you were referring back to the VC loop, the, the difficult decision at the moment is who to start and who to leave out of our teams. Uh, so at the moment, uh, trade-wise, I'm thinking of either doing Milford to Peachy or yep. Aitken. No, sorry, mate. Sorry, Milford to Cleary or Aitken to Peachy. Um, and I'm probably leaning more towards the Cleary trade because I've held Aitken this long solely because of the good draw coming up. So I feel like it's. I feel like I might be jumping off a week early there. So let's say that I bring Cleary in. Um, I would be planning on starting Cleary ahead of Fafida, ahead of Jake Turbo. Potentially, I'm thinking of starting Cleary over Cam Smith as well. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm probably starting Kikau ahead of Cam Smith and Fafida this week. Also, obviously, I'm starting Burgess, Reese Martin, Crichton, Cook. I'm going to start to power again as well. He's been quite good in recent weeks, but... A few of these guys, I suppose, Smith, Fafita, Turbo, and anyone else who you think um, is in that that sort of lower range of guns, how how are you ranking them, or how are you looking at your side this week? Yeah, so I've I've sort of tried to compartmentalise it a little bit in the sense that Cameron Smith has had an average couple of weeks. It's coincided with a little bit of an injury. Um, he's in that upper echelon, though, of when he plays well, doesn't matter who his opposition is, and, and the Storm are one of the form teams in the competition. So uh, I, I find it very hard to leave him out, but at this stage, he's on that borderline because of the injury. Um, the rest of them, I really like to look at three-game averages. It's really great, the the access that you have straight away when you click on a profile to see the three-game average and then scroll down just quickly and have a look at minutes um, and if the tackle bus are there, particularly for the big guys, that's a really good indicator. Um, so someone that I'm referring to there is Jai Arrow. Um, so the three-round average hasn't been good. It's been 51, but that really has been because of the PCL. When you look down at his games of recent times, 46 minutes three weeks ago, 41 the week before that. But this week, 73 minutes, 72 points. And if you're looking across the board, no tackle bus, but he had the 39 tackles. He had his regular super high base stats. And that, to me, tells me that, yeah, he could get another knock, but he's got to be right back in contention as one of the best second rows in the game. So that's a tough decision to whether to pick him or, you know, it's probably going to be between him, Turbo, and Kikau for one spot. Um, and then I think you're spot on with the Cleary call. Uh Cleary v Peachy, upside is probably arguably the same, uh, but the guy with the goal kicking always gives me that just little extra confidence as a tiebreaker, and I think he is the number one clear best half in Supercoach when he's got the goal kicking duties, and the Panthers are piling on the points. So, uh, albeit away against the Titans, I think uh, he is definitely the choice, and I'll be playing him over the likes of Gareth Widdop and Thurston and numerous other options in the halves. Um, but how do you, the one I want to talk about is the centres. Um, there's really good access to data there with NRL Supercoach stats. They're fantastic, um, and they can give you a little bit of an indication on career records against teams, but also the points that uh, are being conceded to that position, um, particularly in recent weeks. So do you use that and... How do you split them in terms of 
it, it might be a good matchup, but a certain player is not playing as well, or do you literally just look at okay, if it's BJ Lailua versus Alex Johnston, BJ scored two hundreds in the last three weeks. AJ's been nowhere, and he's also playing against the Roosters. So how how do you split those sort of things? Yeah, it's a good question, isn't it? I I like to go on the matchups uh, because I think players are always going to revert back to their mean or back to their average. So BJ's had BJ's averaging probably like 80 to 85 in the last three weeks but to me I'm always weary of the um you know the down round that has to come because he's not going to average 85 for you know for an extended period of time so I do like to play the matchups in center wing um the good and the bad thing about my side is that I only have four semi-decent center wings the, the, my other three are all junk so yeah. I don't have a um I don't have a decision to worry about in that position each week. I just roll with my four and see what happens. But if I was fortunate enough to have five or six, uh, center wing in particular, I'm big on the matchups. So Alex Johnson, I would have behind BJ and Rapana this week. I'd probably play Aitken ahead of Johnston as well. I'd probably Hopper versus Johnston. That's an interesting one. Um, I'd probably go Johnston ahead of Hopper, I think. I, I think a few people have got Hopper, but I'd probably have Johnston ahead of Hopper. Peachy, I'd have, assuming that he holds that fullback spot, I'd have him up there. Obviously, Latrell, Fergo, Masters, etc., Val Holmes, you know, their plays every week. But when it gets down to that Johnston, Hopper, Aitken type level, I do like to, to favour the matchups a bit more. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Subtle results, still you, but with fewer lines. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, is a prescription medicine used to temporarily make moderate to severe frown lines, crow's feet, and forehead lines look better in adults. Effects of Botox Cosmetic may spread hours to weeks after injection, causing serious symptoms. Alert your doctor right away as difficulties swallowing, speaking, breathing, eye problems, or muscle weakness may be a sign of a life-threatening condition. Patients with these conditions before injection are at highest risk. Don't receive Botox Cosmetic if you have a skin infection. Side effects may include allergic reactions, injection site pain, headache, eyebrow and eyelid drooping, and eyelid swelling. Allergic reactions can include rash, welts, asthma symptoms, and dizziness. Tell your doctor about medical history, muscle or nerve conditions including ALS or Lou Gehrig's disease, myasthenia Gravis or Lambert-Eaton syndrome and medications, including botulinum toxins, as these may increase the risk of serious side effects. For full safety information, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. See for yourself at BotoxCosmetic.com. Yeah, and that's fair enough. So here's my center wing conundrum. I have Latrell Masters Peachy. Hopawati, BJ Lailua, Alex Johnston, and um, enough there. So, well, Smith from the Dogs, who's still playing, but I don't consider him uh, any week. But so I've got six legitimate options there based on the matchups, and I think Mitchell, Masters, Peachy pick themselves, and Hopawati, owned by less than five percent of teams, he's really been a difference maker for me for the last sort of four or five weeks. 
Um, so playing against the Seagulls who have been conceding a truckload, albeit uh, playing a little bit better and winning, um, I think I lean him over Alex Johnston this week against the Roosters. Um, it, it could be the wrong call, but I think the Johnston downturn in form has probably coincided with Greg Inglis going out of the side, and that left side hasn't looked anywhere near as dominant where he'd been you know, the key cog in, well, along with Cody Walker, uh, but he'd been the key cog in scoring all those tries. So no Jennings on the wing also. Uh, so that, for me, probably slides him down a rung behind Hopawati. And then BJ against the Tigers is obviously a good matchup as well. So, yeah, I'm, I'm in a bit of a conundrum there. And I think at this stage I'd lean Hopper over the other two. Yeah, that's, that's, a, um, that's a good problem to have, you know, having those six... Uh, top line center wings, especially. Um, I do. I do like Hopper playing at fullback, like you say. Manly gives up plenty of points, uh, so yeah, I don't mind that. Probably got a a bit more consistency than BJ as well, so you probably sleep a bit easier on Friday night, knowing that you've got Hopper coming up instead of you know, well, shit, I'm waiting for BJ. Who knows what's going to happen? <laughs> <laughs> it, uh, mind you, it hasn't been good for my sanity having a hundred there twice in three weeks from BJ and not being able to claim it. But uh, these things happen. What do you think about JT? JT, uh, the last few weeks, has really looked, you know, he's on a bit of a John Farnham, you know, farewell tour, but he has really looked back to his best. And, I mean, whilst the Cowboys aren't great, uh, he scored 55, 50, 99 and 69 his last four games. And we know when he plays against the Broncos, he's been turning it on for years, including grand finals. So you see someone in consideration if you owned him on a Thursday night? Yeah, I'd definitely be starting him this week because exactly what you just said, I was going to say he loves playing the Broncos. Had 110 against them earlier in the year. uh, And if not for the goalposts, that would have been a 130. So um, if I had JT, I'm definitely playing him this week. Sharks next week is a tough matchup, but then Para and the Titans to finish off. So I think he's a play for three of the next four weeks. How would you rate him in, in terms of Gareth Widdop and Sean Johnson? I think Johnson has to play Mount Smart against the Knights, but what about Widdop? He's been down on form lately. Yeah, Widdop and the Dragons in general have been down on form, and that's an interesting one because, you know, Widdop and Aitken... Uh, sort of go together as guys who I brought in uh, about a month ago for the buys and then for the run home. I would wit off against the Eels. Uh, I mean, JT just plays so good against the Broncos every time. Uh, it's not at Suncorp, though. I don't have the stats, but I it feels to me like he plays a bit better at Suncorp. Um, I would probably still lean Thurston and SJ ahead of Widop. Yeah, it's a, it really is a tough one. He's played the Broncos 18 times for an average of 64.7 and a high score of 133. So, I mean, there's a lot of years there of being an absolute gun and there's some down form at the start of the year, but he's certainly looking back to his best. So, yeah, I'm with you there. I, I think I'm going to be playing him over with it this week, which is yeah. a bit of a gutsy call, but I'm all for it. Yeah, I think it's a good call. I think in the halves this week, I'd have it Cleary... SJ, JT, Widop. Yeah, and and Munster, I think, even though it's against the Sharks, I think I have him in that rung as well in terms of the best guys that there are out there to buy. Yep, yep, definitely, yep. He's probably five, 
and then maybe maybe Milford, Cody Walker, and that come into this, the the uh, the discussion after that. With yeah. the um, with the forwards, do you do you like to play matchups with the forwards? Like, oh, Turbo's against the Bulldogs, he might get some more attacking stats, or are you just just looking at that three round average and some of the um the base stats that you referred to earlier? Uh, I'll try and go a mix of both. So I have Burgess. Marty Tapao and Kikau in the front row, Reese Martin, Crichton, Taumalolo, Jake Turbo and Arrow in the second row. And I, I like to pick, uh, well, three guys that are safe that give me base stats every week. And that, you know, Sam Burgess, Tapao, Reese Martin are those guys. Taumalolo is very much in the same boat. Arrow very much in the same boat. And then there's upside galore in guys like Kikau, uh, Angus Crichton and Jake Trebojevic. So I try and play the matchups a little bit more with those guys, um, be it Kickout or Jake Turbo. Crichton has become an every week starter for me. And I really like, whilst the Roosters have the best defence, they give up the most offloads in the NRL. So guys like Burgess and Crichton, you should play them with confidence. They might not get across the line for a try as often. Uh, but those padded stats that are so beautiful with offloads, they're more likely to come against a team like the Roosters. So second phase footy and obviously being part of a good side, there's there's certainly upside there. Kickout is the one for me this week against the Titans. That just looks too juicy to miss out on um, because he's been honestly exceptional this year. 16th overall point scorer uh, and a five-round average of 79.8. So... He's back to playing 80 minutes full-time. The off, the offload and the ability that he has just to break the line, particularly in the last 10 minutes of each half, which is not. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I think he is someone that you would probably play over some, you know, really well-established guns this week in the likes of maybe Arrow and Jake Trebojevic. Yep, yep, I agree. Yep, Kikau's a definite must-play for me this week, uh, along with... I got burnt last week by not playing Taumalolo and not playing Arrow. Uh, so Taumalolo against the Broncos, I like that matchup, so I'm definitely going to play him. And I'm tossing up between Arrow, Trebojevic, and Cam Smith for that last spot uh, yeah. on my bench. Two, two of those guys I'll have to pick. At the moment, I'm sitting with Smith and Arrow, uh, but I, I, do, I do think Turbo's due a line break assist, a try assist, something like that. So I'm, I'm still looking at him potentially ahead of Arrow, just in case Arrow takes another knock or something like that. Yeah, that sounds good to me. All right, well, we, we spent a little bit longer than normal on start, sit, and captains because I think it's a bit more relevant at this time of year than trade talk um, because, you know, most of us are uh, agonising over those decisions as opposed to who we're going to trade in. We'll quickly just touch on the people. People are selling Pangai. Uh, he has been named on the bench this week, and, and all reports are he will come off the bench on Thursday night, but I understand why people are selling him. Ryan James has fallen in a hole. Paul Vaughan's out for four weeks. Katawa's turning into a bit of an auto-emergency nightmare. People are selling Smith. We've sort of covered him. Jennings, Watson, they're, interest, they're injured. Ryan Madison's an interesting one, isn't he? But in, in the 5'8 jersey, he's just not getting the job done. And if you can get a Latrell or a Fergo or someone like that in for him, that's probably a good move this week. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I mean, it's great that he's in the team and he's playing regularly and he's probably, 
you know, a good safe option. But at this stage, you're really missing out on huge points if you don't have those best guns, uh, you know, at the position. It's been a hard one to gauge who it was going to be this year. And if you're low on trades, I can understand not being able to get someone like Val Holmes or Latrell or Isan Masters if you don't have them. But uh, really, I mean, you've got to swing for the fences at this stage of the year to win, you know, a head-to-head matchup or, you know, to solidify a win if you're in front. So uh, no longer is Supercoach about base stats and safety. It's it's picking the right matchups. It's swinging for the fences at the right times, I think. Yeah, exactly. You've got to finish the year off strong. My problem is I'm, I'm always with about six weeks to go, you know, hanging around the top thousand or, or sniffing around, and I always fade late. So I'm <laughs> going to try and swing for the fences and get a couple of these more risky guys in over the next couple of weeks with my last two trades. Um, just last two things to cover off on. Uh, I want to do Dragons, and then I want to do Panthers. So Dragons first, obviously been in a bit of a form slump the last few weeks. Good run home. Uh, I'm just going to pass to you, and I'm going to look up their run while you're talking. But like I said earlier, I brought Aitken and Widop for their good run, uh, and I'm getting cold feet and thinking about selling them. What What are your thoughts about the Dragons and those two guys in particular? Yeah, well, they play, I can tell you now, they play Parramatta, the Tigers, the Bulldogs, and the Knights in the last four rounds. You, you couldn't really script a better run home no. than that. Um, so... They need to arrest this form slump and, you know, the key players are going to be the ones that do it. Guys like Widdop, uh, Dufty, Ben Hunt and the like. I think missing Nene has been underrated, not just for his try scoring, but his impact off their own line coming out of defence. Um, they've toyed around with, you know, Nightingale on the wing, Kurt Mann played well for stages. I really think they've missed a the trick by trying to prepare for finals and prepare for the worst-case scenario, and uh, obviously affected a little bit by origin. But, uh, yeah, they're, they're in big trouble if they don't sort things out quickly, and no better chance than this week against Parramatta, albeit they're playing much better. Um, but, yeah, I think this will be the week. I would watch this week as the start of this really great run, and if they don't turn things around... I mean, I sold Tim Lafay uh, a couple of weeks ago, Um he was a bit of a pod over that origin period, but I'd be selling Aitken. I don't think he's up to it at this stage, certainly not in the top six or seven of wings. Uh, and I think Widdop you've got to hold on to. The upside is just too good. Um, so, I mean, that's probably where I stand. None of the front rowers are of interest. Um, Tarek Sims has probably outperformed what we thought he would, but, yeah, I mean, I'd be getting rid of everyone bar probably Dufty if you still own him. He's a good one to hold on to. I like his upside, but outside of that, it's Gareth with it, and that's it. Okay. All right, yeah, I'm I'm similar. I'm probably going to hold Aitken, though. I can't get Peachy and Cleary in because bloody Cleary went up by 70 grand last week. So I could, <laughs> I could only do one of those trades. Um, so I'm leaning Cleary uh, and riding it out with Aitken. That, that probably sort of segues into my next question is those two Panthers guys, Cleary and Peachy, uh, probably two of the most popular trade-ins this week. I think they are one and two, actually. Cleary in good form with the goal kicking. The Panthers have a pretty good run home. They have the Titans this week, then the Knights, and then the Warriors. Uh, but then, unfortunately, they finish off with the Storm, which could be a really tough game in that round 25 head-to-head grand finals. Um 
I've probably made my position clear. I'm going to go Cleary ahead of Peachy. A little bit of uncertainty around Peachy with Cameron Seraldo coming in to coach and maybe the concern that he goes back to the centres um, or something like that. So I'm going to take the safety of Cleary and hopefully he can score me 80 or 90 points uh, this week and, and going forward. Uh, what do you think about those two guys? Yeah, honestly, I can't split them other than the fact that, uh, you know, Nathan Cleary, I think, is the best half in the game. And when he's got the goal-kicking duties, it probably just gives him that, you know, he's got as good an upside as Peachy in terms of attacking stats. But then you add the goal-kicking, and I think it probably just gives him a nudge uh, above. But, I mean, Peachy, two tries, a try assist, the last touch last week, 16 points in tackle busts, there's offloads. I think it... It has never been in doubt his talent. It's just been about whether he gets a you know solid run in the team and stops becoming Mister Fix It. So mm. I think at this stage, if he's in the number one jersey against the Gold Coast Titans this weekend, he could put up a cricket score. Honestly, and you probably just have to bite the bullet and go one or the other this week because if you miss them, you could be missing out on fifty to a hundred points on whoever else you buy that might not have as juicy a matchup. So, I mean, that's just how I view it. I've got both, and I'm, uh, I can sit here and, and be confident in it. But, you know, nothing's a sure thing. And, and I think you're making the right call with Cleary over Peachy, but they both have tantalising upside. Yeah, definitely, especially with the Knights next week and then the Warriors the week after that. They've got a good couple of weeks coming up, and I think you should try and get one, if not both, of them into this into your side uh, all right, mate, let's let's begin to wrap it up. How many trades do you have left and what are you planning on doing this week? Uh, I've got one trade left and that is uh, staring at me saying, use me, use me, use me. <laughs> uh, and I will be using that at, at some stage. I don't really know at this point what I'm going to do, but uh, one thing I wanted to just allude to is the ability to get someone into your side that is a point of difference at this time of year. So uh, don't look too much at the ownership percentage, but look at recent form compared to prior form. So someone like Jonathan Thurston, for example, I think his ownership is still quite high, uh, but I don't think he's being played in that many teams. Uh, so I think he, unless they're dead teams from you know the start of the season that people have dropped off, uh, I really like him as that, point of difference in terms of the top teams wouldn't be thinking about playing him um, and then you go to people that you might bring in and buy uh, I want to mention two guys Sean Lane and Lachlan Fitzgibbon uh, I think two guys that you in the realm of Viliami Kikau here when we talk about upside um, but in terms of point scoring in recent weeks Sean Lane scored two tries last week. He plays against the Bulldogs, his former club, this week. He scores in the last four rounds has, have been 100, 62, 74, and 109. Oh. So it, all I'm talking about here is bringing to light the fact that some people out there can still have reasonable base stats, you know, around the 50, which might be less than Jake Trebojevic. But what Lane has is a distinct role in the side, like Locke and Fitzgibbon, where they go to them in the red zone and try and score tries using them. So that's the sort of guy that I'm looking for for my last trade. I might not play him every week, but someone like Sean Lane or 
this week, Lachlan Fitzgibbon, I really like against New Zealand, uh, even though it is away. That's the sort of person that I'm looking at for the last trade, but also I want to highlight in terms of being a point of difference. Fitzy at 6.4, Sean Lane, 0.6% ownership. Oh, 0.6, and, for, and what, four-round average is probably 80, 80 plus. Yeah, So and he's playing... He's played 80, 80, 58, 76, and 65 minutes in recent weeks. So it's not a solidified role, and that's probably why no one wants to actually own the guy. So, yeah, yeah, he could get 40, he could get 50, but the upside is most certainly there against, you know, the coming weeks. He plays the Bulldogs this week, the Titans the week after, and the Tigers and the Broncos to finish the season. So if you're talking about conceding upside, Mm. Those are four of the best. So uh, that's why that's what I'm really looking at this week, and I'm certainly not saying it's a lock-in, uh, but I just wanted to bring that up in terms of someone that really perked my interest this week. Yeah, beautiful, beautiful, mate. That's excellent insight. Um, we won't we won't hold you up for any longer, mate. Thank you very much for for coming on tonight and giving us your insight. Uh, I've got the the two trays left for me, and I've just. I've just made that Milford to Cleary trade, so excuse me. Yep. Sorry, I'm going to lock that yep. in, uh, and then I'll have the one trade left for an injury if it happens over the last four weeks. Yep, sounds like a plan. No, thanks very much for having me, mate. You guys at uh, Supercoach Talk do a great job, and you've got lots of lots of stuff going on, on the site. Uh, when and giving me rubbish chat on on the WhatsApp, uh, keep <laughs> me going each week. So uh, I really appreciate it. But all the guys at the Daily Telly, you know. Our stuff works because you guys push it as well, so we really appreciate it. Oh, thanks for the shout-outs on the live show, mate. Keep them coming as well. <laughs> no worries. We'll do. Thanks, mate. Speak to you soon. Bye. Yes. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu.